You're listening to The Body Uncovered. I'm Michelle Bond, exercise physiologist and published researcher serving clients since 1999. If you want to dig past the magazine headlines and learn how the body actually works, I'll show you how to develop a can-do attitude with a body that you can depend on. Stay tuned and let's get uncovered. Welcome, welcome everyone. It's so great to be back with you. This is Michelle Bond, your host for The Body Uncovered. Well, I hope the last episode shed some light as to how muscles can work for you and how you can reframe your mindset to take advantage of those things. Today's topic is continuing on with muscle to become a muscle master. It's just sort of the foundational concepts, which even if you are an avid exerciser or just starting out or want to pick it back up again, um, today's episode will continue the conversation from last episode about muscle by explaining how muscle groups function together okay and what that means for your success with your goals because having goals is important and getting there and the journey to that is uh, very important as well but it has to be practical and so I'm gonna give a little bit of a practical application section where I discuss exactly how to start and progress with a resistance training program. But just before that, resistance training is really any exercise that causes the muscles to contract against an external resistance. So resistance, there's different kinds of external resistance, but with the goal of increasing strength, tone of the muscle, mass, or endurance. And I'm going to discuss the particulars of several kinds of equipment when I get to that section of this episode. But first, all right, let's take a look at how all these muscles work together. Okay, as discussed in the last episodes, muscles contract and relax. Now, with regards to contraction, this is important because this doesn't really get discussed too much, there are two contractions. There is a concentric contraction where you produce force, like lifting a weight over your head and then there's what's called an eccentric contraction where you reduce the force like bringing that box back down at a safe pace so and the hope is when you're weight training is that you reduce the force controllably and not hit your head or another part of your body when you're lowering the weight down so release excuse me so releasing that weight is also very important but to continue down this path, you really need to understand muscle function. I'm going to give you an example of what is going on with what I call partner muscle groups to illustrate these different contractions. So if you were to perform a very basic exercise, the elbow flexion and extension, otherwise known as a biceps curl in mainstream fitness, you would not only be working the front part of your upper arm, but also the back of your arm, the triceps, you know, the place that we don't like to sag. <laughs> so while your biceps are making a concentric contraction to produce force, 
your triceps are lengthening but also reducing force so your movement is controlled. Then by the same token, when you lower the weight down and extend at the elbow to straighten the arm, the biceps are now lengthening, controlling the pace, and the triceps are producing the force. So when you do a particular exercise to produce force, any exercise like a chest press, a lunge, a squat, whatever the exercise is, don't just think about the direction of force production or the actual exercise, but also get in touch with what muscles have to do to get back into that position again to produce another repetition. So something is contracting concentrically to produce force and another muscle has to lengthen to reduce force. Okay, so if you understand these concepts, you will be absolutely delighted at how much more productive you will be. And this is how the body actually works. So now that you understand that concept, or at least have been introduced to it, let's move on to how that applies to your exercise efforts. So we just discussed how opposing muscles work together to make a movement happen. Well, what if your goal was to get some great glute muscles, otherwise known as butt, as people say? Do you know what the opposing muscle group is to the main glute muscle, the gluteus maximus? Well, it's the hip flexor complex. So those are the muscles that, let's say you are standing up and you draw your knee towards your chest as if you were marching. That's what the hip flexor complex does. It moves that knee up. So what does this have to do with the glutes? Everything. Okay, you will not get the best result for all your squats and lunges and leg kicking exercises if that hip flexor complex is too tight. If those hip flexor muscles are too tight, there's not enough length in those hip flexor muscles to allow an optimal concentric contraction or force production of the gluteus maximus muscle fibers. So when those glute max fibers don't fire up all the way because the hip flexors are too tight, you may not get the results you want. Okay, whether it's looks and function or one or the other, so if you have not already done so, please visit michellebond.com, it's Michelle with one L, to get your free copy of my ebook, Five Fitness Fallacies. Okay, it discusses this concept and plenty of other things that mainstream fitness never talks about that you should absolutely know so you can get the most out of your exercise and truly understand what you're doing. Remember, the modern exercise craze was born out of people wanting a body that other people had, and there was not much explanation about deeper concepts of human movement. And it's critical, and I'm encouraging you to keep listening to this podcast for more information. This is all the material I cover with my one-on-one -on -one clients in my practice, and they are carrying along very remarkably and safely and happy and it's a wonderful thing to witness all these years okay so we know about the different kinds of contractions and that muscles have opposing partner muscles as i call it but now let's talk about how you can actually engage in a resistance training program 
And this is a beginner level, but still something everybody can visit time and again. Um, so as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, I said I would elaborate on a few kinds of equipment to accomplish this. So one type of equipment is free weights, and that could be barbells, kettlebells, dumbbells, freestanding equipment. You can know exactly how much weight you are using because it says usually right on the equipment, five pounds, 10 pounds, and so forth. So if you know the load that is being imposed on the body, that's important that you do that. You have to keep track of your progress or maybe you need to decrease the weight because of some reason. And it's the same thing with weight machines. You know exactly what weight you are using because you select the weight you want. However, with rubber tubing, and this is kind of the advice I'm going to give about rubber tubing, resistance bands, and so forth. And, and you have to try to remember the exact way you use the tubing so you can evaluate your progression. So for example, if I'm doing a standing row, I am going to hook it onto a doorknob and I'm going to say, okay, I'm going to stand by this piece of furniture and I know how challenging it's going to be when I row. But then maybe in four weeks, I stand further back from that piece of furniture. So you have to kind of mark your territory so you can mark your progress. Now, there are several other factors with resistance training, like how gravity affects the body with each type of equipment and in what body position you're in. But we need to hold off on that topic for now. But just know that it does make a difference what body position you're in and gravity. So just understand that you're trying to evaluate how much work you are doing with whatever equipment you're using so that you know how to progress properly and safely. Okay, I guess you're ready now for some program tips. So let's assume you're a beginner with a resistance training program. Or you are a seasoned exerciser, but you need to cycle through different phases to recover. And here is where you can start or return to. So in this first phase, I'll, I'll call it that for the sake of this conversation, in resistance training or starting to a recovery program, you need to absolutely consider your connective tissue. And in this case, the fascial network of the tendons and ligaments, the finer strands that run through and around the muscles and much more. But I'll talk about that later. But just know there's this spring-like encasing around each muscle fiber we absolutely have to pay attention to. So you're going to start your program, which is an endurance program, by performing two sets of 15 to 18 repetitions, it could even be 20, for each exercise you choose. So you want to choose a weight that you can get to at least 15 repetitions, but not more than 18 or 20. And in my opinion, I think that that's just a good place to start. Um, in my many years of training people, I have come across a situation maybe where a certain exercise needs to start at 6 or 8 reps, because of an orthopedic situation involving the targeted muscles. So in other words, if you're at the lightest weight possible, one or two pounds, let's say, and you can only do five bicep curls at two pounds, well, that's where you start. That's just where you're gonna start. There's no law that says if you can't get to 15, give up. You need to start where you need to start. There are always exceptions and workarounds. There has to be. So I would say to try this twice a week to start, leaving at least two days in between workout days. And just see how you feel after two weeks. So that's, that's really part one, okay? You've got your exercises, maybe five to eight exercises targeting major muscle groups. 
You're trying to pick a weight, right? That you're trying to get to 15 to 20 reps. And you're going to try this twice a week with at least two days in between. That's just step one. So after two weeks, that's four or five workouts. Take an inventory. Be still. See what's going on. And if all is well, add a third day. But you got to make sure you leave at least 24 hours between resistance training days. And here's the thing. If you can start to lift more or do more repetitions than 18 to 20 reps, increase the weight. And if on the new weight you can't get to 15, that's okay. Just work up to it. There has to be wiggle room to make this safe. Then if you are feeling connected and there no, are no injuries, what I would say is about week seven or eight, uh, you can move into a strength training program. Okay, and I'm going to discuss that in the next episode. I mean, this really, the strength training program really requires a different mindset and a desire to see what you can do. But here's interesting thing. People often ask me, aren't I building strength or getting stronger in my endurance program? They say, I've been able to increase my weight. You know, I've been able to increase my weight all this last seven or eight weeks. And I say, yes, you are getting stronger per se, but with that type of load, the 18 to 20 reps, it's more neurological adaptation. So you're getting better at something like acquiring a skill, okay, rather than what will happen to the muscle fiber itself when you engage in a designated strength program. So it's more neurological rather than doing something really remarkable to the muscle fiber as in a strength training program because of the really heavy load, which I'll get into. That has more to do with the physiology of the muscle fiber rather than how you feel, okay? So feeling something doesn't always explain what's actually happening. And I will explain the strength training benefits and mindset and program in the next episode. So it's a lot of information today. So let's just take a little review. One, we talked about what resistance training is and what equipment can provide it. Number two, we reviewed concentric and eccentric muscle contractions and how partnered muscles or muscle groups use both at the same time to create optimal movement. And it kind of filters into the next point that if a muscle on one side of the joint is too tight, the opposite side or partner muscle will not fire as well as it could and that could hinder your results. And four, I gave you a little outline on how to engage in an endurance-based resistance training program. And that's good for beginners and people who just need to do a recovery program because they've been working out really hard. So it's, it's a good place to start and a good place to go back to periodically. Okay, everyone, I hope you have found this information valuable and useful to yourself. I hope that you can join me next time when I continue with what it takes to get involved in a strength training program and what those benefits are. So please remember to visit michellebond.com and pick up your free copy of Five Fitness Fallacies. There are deeper explanations about the material I am presenting here. And also, I'd be so grateful if you subscribe to this podcast and share it on social media or however you wish. Until next time, stay positive, stay moving, and stay uncovered.
This podcast and related materials is for general informational purposes only and is not meant to be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Seek medical clearance before starting any exercise program. The user assumes all risk. Until next time, stay uncovered.